0: only access at paulstonesports.org. Now on to the show.
1: For the first time in its history the Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl 58 to be specific, will be played this Sunday, February 11th, again for the first time in history in the sin Capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, there at Allegiant Stadium. You know, there's obviously a a lot of shops out there, but I was looking a little bit earlier, and the consensus side and total on the big game. As of today, Thursday, February 8th, uh, shortly before 3.30 p.m. Central, as I record, the consensus line appears to be San Francisco. The San Francisco 49ers favored by two points over the Kansas City Chiefs with a total of 47 and a half. Hello again, everyone. I'm Paul Stone, and this is episode 141 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Today's version titled, It's Just Another Game. The American Gaming Association predicts that almost 68 million American adults will bet a record $23.1 billion on the big game this weekend, and if that comes to fruition, that's about a 44 percent increase over last year's 16 billion, which is a pretty you know, considerable jump uh, from one year to the next. Some form of sports betting, as you probably know, is now legal in 38 U.S. states, uh, plus Puerto Rico and the District of Columbia. Sports betting, uh, obviously uh, more accessible. To more people than ever before and as you might expect most of the new money is not sharp money just to be blunt about it and for that matter most of the old money is not sharp money either <laughs> but certainly the new money the newcomers uh the um first timers to the uh betting experience uh gonna be mostly square money i'm not gonna say they're all squares but you've got people you know. In some cases, even betting the Chiefs because of Taylor Swift, uh, betting the 49ers because they used to live in the Bay Area uh, and even laying a nickel or, or minus 105 on the game's opening coin flip, hells or uh, heads or tails, rather, and heads or tails, that's a 5050 proposition if ever such a thing existed. So to lay minus 105. When the true odds, one might argue, you know, plus one hundred, just not very value based. So anyway, um, you know, that's just kind of a little take on some of the money or most of the money, the type of money that's going to be bet on this game. Important to point out that not all of the money will be bet on the game's side or total. In fact, uh, one notable Las Vegas Bookmaker uh, projects at his house anyway that the cider total is going to represent roughly a third of his book's betting handle. So more than two-thirds, or in this case, 68% of the handle at the Westgate Superbook, according to Executive Vice President Jay Cornegay, approximately 68% of his book's total handle going to be bet on props or propositions, not the side in total. Uh, Betting on uh, Super Bowl props, they have experienced a uh, steady growth since Cornegay, then at the Imperial Palace, posted the first Super Bowl props. I believe this is correct, that he was the first to to, you know, post the Super Bowl props, but they did that at the uh, Imperial Palace there, mid-strip, back in the late 1980s, maybe about 1989, might have been the... uh, First year, I might be wrong on the year, Uh, but this year, uh, just a few days ago, again, as I record, it's Thursday, February 8th. Exactly a week ago on Thursday, February 1st, uh, Cornegay and his cohorts there at the Westgate uh, Superbook, they posted betting numbers or prices on more than 500 Super Bowl props. All the betting lines and numbers neatly and uh, nicely printed. In a 36 page booklet, but I digress uh, if only ever so slightly. So, without going into the gory details, I think we would all agree that the Super Bowl is a mega betting event. You've got cross sport props, heads or tails, length uh, of the national anthem, uh, all the way to the color of the Gatorade poured on the winning team's coach, Uh, you can't, I think most of you probably understand this as well, you can't bet on all these propositions in Nevada, uh, which I personally like because, you know, some of these really aren't on the field type things. And there's a lot of subjectivity in a lot of these, uh, the outcome of a lot of these betting props, but you can certainly bet on these types of props in many legal jurisdictions. You know, you can bet uh, on almost in some of these jurisdictions where legalized sports betting is now available in the u s you can bet on about anything related to the game, and maybe even some items not all that much related to the game at all. you know, probably uh I'd say it's probably six or seven years ago, kind of giving my betting experience related to the Super Bowl about six or seven years ago there at the superbook, I bet about I bet exactly rather. 10 Super Bowl props. And and all these were cross-sport props tying the Super Bowl into soccer players' and teams' goals scored. In the spirit of full disclosure, you know, I'm not a huge soccer fan. I didn't grow up playing it, so I never really uh, developed a taste or interest in the sport. Doesn't mean they're not highly skilled. Doesn't mean they're not talented, great athletes. It's just not in my wheelhouse. You know, I always joke with a couple of my uh, soccer-loving betting buddies who I meet out in in Vegas from time to time, Uh, those buddies being Jim Shrope and Sam Cahoe, but I always joke with those guys that, you know, basically there's not enough scoring in soccer to really pique my interest. And uh, before I get lambasted uh, by some dudes, you know, passionately, in love with the beautiful game. You know, I do realize that the English Premier League is off a uh, record-setting week. You know, I think the most goals in the the league's history or something of that nature were scored this past week, Uh, but I'm not much on recency bias either. Anyway, the premise of my 10 Super Bowl slash soccer cross-sport props, again, was lack of scoring in soccer. My collective handicap was far from sophisticated. In fact, it was rather elementary. Uh, You know, the theme of my 10-ticket portfolio was basically, nobody's going to get the ball in that net. And it was successful. (laughs) I cashed uh, seven of my 10 prop bets that year, uh, and those 10 prop bets probably represent half Of my lifetime Super Bowl prop bet volume. It's not what I do. You know, I'm fully engrossed in college basketball during February. And rather than shift some of my focus to the NFL and the Super Bowl, I keep my eye on the prize. Again, don't be a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Sometimes the best bet is, quite frankly, no bet. Before I go too far, you know, I want to be clear that I am absolutely confident that there are a number of sharp bettors who have done well historically betting Super Bowl props and lots of them. But don't think for a second that those guys didn't put in the time to win the prop wars. No telling how many hours these guys and gals invested. But from my perspective, there's only 24 hours in a day. There's only 168 hours in a week. And again, that's not my bag. You know, again, sometimes the best bet is no bet. And I'll only have a uh, handful of bets on Sunday Super Bowl, maybe even just two bets. And that's going to be the two bets that I have at the present. And right now, to disclose those, I've got the Chiefs on the money line at plus 117. Just thought it was a good price. I mean, this game is a virtual toss-up. It's very, very hard, I think, in my opinion, to pick who's going to win the game. But uh, plus 117 was kind of an outlier. It stood out to me. So I've got the Chiefs at plus 117 on the money line. And, you know, that's for a medium cheese pizza and a small RC Cola. So not not a big bet at all. And then my more prominent bet, which is also not a huge bet, uh, you know, below what I would what I would call a normal unit size for myself, I have San Francisco tight in George Kittle Junior to go over the uh his receiving yards total of uh forty six and a half receiving yards, and that's at standard juice of minus one ten. So Kittle and I and I don't know if I added that junior or not. I maybe he is a junior, but uh George Kittle, anyway, over 46 and a half receiving yards in the Super Bowl. Standard juice of minus 110. Looked this afternoon at a few books, and it looked like the consensus pretty much now has Kittle's receiving yardage at uh, 49 and a half. Some books even offer those props at minus 115 both ways. Guys and gals, if you have the ability to shop around, don't lay more than 110 both ways. But anyway, I've got Kittle over. 46 and a half receiving yards in Sunday's Super Bowl. So those are the two um, bets that I have. And they're basically just based on value. You know, I've got the best of the number, I think. Um, and, and that's where I like to be. You know, I'm kind of a sucker for value this Sunday game. Not, it's not going to be my biggest bet of the year. Far from it. I'm not going to be, you know, spread out all over the place with 50 something wagers. Um, I'm not going to be betting on Taylor Swift. Um, You know, Taylor Swift's a musician. She's not someone I bet on her, I guess. You know, and seriously, there's a a total of uh, 11, I believe, college basketball games on Sunday, this Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. All of those games should be completed before kickoff. But those 11 games have my complete attention right now. Uh, I'm more intrigued, uh, personally, by what the opening total will be in the North Texas SMU matinee uh, there in Dallas at Moody Coliseum, than I am uh, in betting the Super Bowl. The total, if you're interested, in the first meeting it closed at 126 and a half, and uh, in that first meeting there in Denton on January 20th, North Texas won that contest 68-66. So it went over the total of uh, 126 and a half. But in that game, more Texas, they were 10 of 23 uh, on three-pointers, 43.5 percent from three-point uh, territory, somewhat higher uh, than their season-long average of right at 36 percent. But still, you know, my anticipation is that total is going to open about what it uh, closed at in the previous met- meeting. So I'm going to save that total for those who care. Is going to open around 126. All this just to kind of say, you know, I go where my concentration is, where I believe my edge is. All this is just to underscore that I'm not really an NFL guy. I don't devote hardly any of my handicapping time to the National Football League. So I'm not going to be betting a bunch of money on it. That would kind of be haphazard. That wouldn't make any sense. I'm not going to be betting this game all crazy, you know, for a bunch of crazy amounts just because it's so heavily covered and people get juiced up and there's a bunch of silly, in my opinion, yet expensive TV commercials. You know, I'm not gonna get caught up in the hype, you know, I don't I don't need action. I need edges. And uh, you know, there are none, at least for me personally, in the NFL. Before I close on my approach or non-approach to uh, betting the uh, Super Bowl, I'll offer this analogy. And that analogy is this. I equate my approach to the big game to an at-bat in baseball. I want to get ahead in the count. Because if you're ahead in the count, you have an edge. You have an advantage. And ultimately, I want that edge to result in me hitting my pitch and not the pitcher's pitch. You know, on the other hand, if I come out, you know, full of aggression, full of emotion, and first pitch swinging, you know, there's a good chance I'm going to fall behind in the count. You know, maybe even fall behind 0 2. And if I'm down 0 2, you know, I'm vulnerable to flailing away and looking quite silly. Uh, at that low and away breaking pitch, which looked pretty good at one point, but uh, don't want to hit their pitch. I want to hit my pitch, so I want to uh, be in that position where I feel like I have the edge, where I feel like I have the advantage. Want to be in my game, not their game, and since the Super Bowls is not really my deal. Uh, not what I do, then I don't want to. I'm not going to just be all out of whack betting this uh, this game. However, you know, again, if the Super Bowl's your thing, if the NFL's your thing, I know some guys that are really good at the NFL. I think it's the most difficult sport to handicap. Doesn't mean it can't be beat. I think I know some guys that do it uh, historically. So if it's your thing and you've put in the work and you've put in the time. By all means, go after it and get after it. You know, rock in fire, make your bets, take advantage of your edge. But again, I'm not one of those guys, uh, so I'll be uh, personally lightly invested. So now a quick plug for my uh, service, Paul Stone Sports, my college basketball service currently available at paulstonesports.org for just $199 from today. Uh, which today, again, Thursday, February 8th, through the National Championship game in April. I'll add that the price is going to remain at $199 for the next several weeks. So now is uh, perhaps the best time to sign up for the service. Uh, When a uh, monitored, as monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City, a monitored 3-0 against the spread last night, uh, Wednesday, February 7th in college basketball, always like those. And looking forward uh, to a generous card of action this Saturday, February 10th. A lot of games. Uh, So far, we are a very modest winner uh, or above the uh, 52.38% ATS mark that you have to hit to be successful at minus 110. I'm about 52.5% right now, so just barely over that. But it's a long season, there's a lot of action left. College basketball. Guys, is a grind, and if you bet it daily, you know this. There's a lot of ups and downs, and peaks and valleys, and it's kind of fun. It really is, and uh, it's uh, you know it is a uh, roller coaster, though. So you got to be prepared for that aspect of it. Anyway, if you're interested in my uh, remainder of my season in college basketball again for just $199, please visit paulstonesports.org. And now for a quick complimentary selection in college basketball this Saturday, February 10th. Uh, The lines are not out yet, so I'm going to project the line in this game. But it's going to be a Big Ten game uh, featuring Michigan traveling to Nebraska. First of all, the Wolverines, Michigan, off a 72-68 home win over nationally ranked Wisconsin last night, last night being Wednesday, February 7th. The Wolverines beat uh, the uh, Badgers by four outright at home as an eight-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, probably their biggest victory of the season to this point. Meanwhile, Nebraska off an 80-68 loss at Northwestern. But the Cornhuskers, man, they have been a different team this season uh, in Lincoln. In fact, they are 14-1 straight up in the friendly confines of Pinnacle Bank Arena. I project Nebraska to be anywhere from a 7- to an 8-point home favorite over Michigan in this game. I think they're going to win by double digits. I think Michigan played their best game of the year. They've been wildly inconsistent, have the Wolverines this season. I think they're going to return to form. I think Nebraska, they have really been good at home. They need to rebound from that defeat. They're going to win by double digits, in my opinion, over the Wolverines. Take Nebraska at minus eight or less this Saturday, February 10th, over Michigan. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. I appreciate you uh, joining me for another podcast. Appreciate you listening to me. And, again, if you bet the the Super Bowl, don't overindulge just because it's the big game because you might not have a big advantage. They play the national anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner, every day somewhere. So we have betting opportunities uh, 365 days a year. So don't – you know, squander too high of a percentage of your bankroll uh, just based on emotion and not based on edge. In any event, I appreciate you again signing off. Once again, this is Paul Stone.
0: Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast.